I'm Josh, and my mission is simple. I teach tens of thousands of home service business owners like you how to grow a profitable seven-figure business. Every week, I deliver mind bombs and systems designed to help you gain mastery over marketing, admin, production, and sales inside your company. Each week, I'll open up the vault so you can finally take hold of the life and business you deserve. There is only one thing between where you are today and where you want to be, and that is the growth you're willing to endure. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Growth Vault. Hey, my friends. Welcome to the Growth Vault podcast. I'm joined by my high school sweetheart, Ashley. How are you doing, Ash? I'm doing wonderful. Um, this is going to be weird, but amazing, and you're going to laugh. Maybe you'll cry. I don't know. My wife will probably cry. She cries at TV commercials, but we're going to talk about business. We're in Texas right now. And I'm just going to be real and authentic and raw with you. I mean, I'm always honest. I always try to be real. And the word authentic is so overused by people with podcasts and stuff. But we're having some really deep thoughts. And basically, I'm going to cut to the chase. So we flew down here because my family and I are considering moving to Texas. The reason that we're considering it is because we have really, really big, massive Uh, opportunities in front of us to start some new companies and to do some really big, crazy things. Now, if you listen to the podcast, you know that I was the pizza delivery guy and I had the little crappy car, the 93 Chevy Cavalier with a ladder on top. And then, you know, I started a window cleaning business and it was a nightmare and then it worked and then yay. And then we sold that company. We moved to Costa Rica. You know the story, all the things, right? And these sound bites are like, uh, they they lose value over time because it just sounds like an anecdote or a thing. But, you know, my wife who's with me, who went to high school with me, we went through all these bad things for real. And it wasn't funny when we uh, were bankrupt and had our car repossessed and had our electricity shut off and all the pain and suffering. And then even now we've built this big software company and we have a CEO for it and we have a coaching and education company. And there's, there's all this stuff that's happened that seems really awesome. And I've always shared the really bad things too. But as we sit here right now, it's 10 o'clock at night, we're in a hotel we're actually really tired, and uh, we're going to go to sleep as soon as we're done recording this. But we're inspired, and we wanted to talk about how you can take a person out of the trailer park, but you can't necessarily take the trailer park out of the person. <laughs> Are you laughing already? Yes. Okay, so when we came down here, I can't get into all the details because of like non-disclosure agreements and things, but I'm going to be doing some consulting work for this, like, really cool, influential person on the internet who has millions and millions and millions of followers. And one of the skills I've learned over the last five years is, you know, internet marketing and digital strategy and all kinds of marketing. I'm a marketing nerd. I talk about it a lot. And through a series of events, you know, I've made millions of dollars on the internet, lots of different ways, webinars and through software and through education and events and all kinds of stuff. Uh, And so I've helped a few other people kind of learn what I know, and it's led to this, except this is this giant, crazy opportunity. And so now we're here. So when we get here, (laughs) we get to the airport. Now, Ashley and I uh, grew up with not much, except families that loved us, who are amazing. Uh, We lived a mile apart. And when we got married, we lived in a trailer park, which, by the way, our, our trailer was really nice. Would you agree? It was so nice. It was a double wide and all brand new fixtures, and I loved it. It fireplace. was a yeah. We had a fireplace, and I had that a, thing would have burned down in like seven minutes if it actually caught on fire. Though. Yes, it would. But um, we had like a jacuzzi tub, and 
all the all, we had all the amazing bells and whistles and it was yeah. like and we had such great memories we were there proud of it oh, we were so proud of it we'd always have people over mm-hmm. and we'd feed them ramen because that's all we could afford oh. <laughs> except for one time i made a rotisserie chicken and i did not know what i was doing it was yeah. a yeah so we get down here and we have to meet with all these fancy people and what's embarrassing but probably funny to you is maybe like you feel you're going to go quote this big job you're going to do something that's expands you okay it expand it for it's going to require more out of you or maybe you're you're making a claim that you can clean this building but you've never actually cleaned a building that big but you know you can logically but emotionally you have this little bit of imposter syndrome popping up and so but you're kind of faking it till you make it which doesn't mean you don't know what you're doing but you're also kind of horrified and want to throw up a little bit so that's kind of what's happening with us right now so i told ash i said you have to come with me you're like like my you're going to make make this way better because I'm going to like going to throw up and freak out uh, because the pressure, the stakes, the contracts, the legal, the, the amount of dollars involved is just ridiculous. And I'm like, I'm just the trailer park guy. Like, what if they find out I'm the pizza guy? <laughs> what if they find out? And I know I can help these people, but at the same time, it's, it's just something different. So we get to the airport and we have to rent a car. We rent a car because we have to drive 30 minutes over to this one place and drive all around and do all these things. And normally I just rent like a normal car, but this time I'm like, you know what? We need to rent a Mercedes this time because, you know, the people that we're talking to, you know, these are Ferrari, like Lamborghini, you know, Bentley people. I can't be rolling up in my Ford Focus, you know what I mean? But the thing is, is I'm not a a Mercedes person and no, no offense if you have a Mercedes, whatever. Um, So we get this car, we get in it. What happens, Ash? What do you want to take over? Well, first off... My husband's very techy, and so he's pushing all of the buttons, trying to get his seat. <laughs> he's trying to get his seat right, and he's trying to hook it up so that he can like get the maps to where he's going. But he's like mumbling and huffing under his breath and talking about how his truck is so much better than this. His his truck has this whistle and this and this and that. And he's like so. We literally stayed in the parking lot maybe 30, 45 minutes just so... He, and he kept on the saying... The rental car parking <laughs> The lot. rental car parking lot because he couldn't get it to work. And he's like, oh, my truck's better than this. Should have got a truck. Like he's Wait, just, wait, wait. Are you doing your Josh voice? Yeah. Should have got a truck. I don't know. <laughs> That's my Josh voice. And I'm like, babe, we can, we can switch the car right now. But there was all this pressure to like have like a nicer car. But he's like, it's not nice. It's just... It's fake nice. <laughs> And he is like stressed out. And he's like, I hate this car. I'm like, well, let's get a different one. And he just, we, the car isn't as bad. And then he kept on saying the word Mercedes. And when you say the word Mercedes, like it's kind of like a Surrey or whatever and, or an Alexa. And so Mercedes was like, how can I help you? And he's like, you can help me because this car is horrible. And he's like freaking out. And uh, it was like really stressful to try to impress people when it didn't really have what we needed and yeah and we're well, just not those people no and listen i'm not saying i'm like a redneck who can't have a mercedes let me tell you something okay this car was a piece of garbage <laughs> <laughs> this car is the epitome of buying status and buying perceived value but no actual real value i was shocked it's an suv it's, a, it's like a hundred thousand dollar car or maybe more and I drive a Ford F-150. I love my Ford F-150. It works. It does the things. It's It's been great. My wife has a minivan, you know. And uh, 
<laughs> and we're actually we're looking at all these fancy cars to buy, but now I'm second guessing it because I think we might be good with the F-150 in the minivan. But anyway, this car, it's like the dashboard is made out of the same material as everything else. Everything is like the same as a normal car except the emblem on the front. I feel like a total fraud. The thing's pissing me off. The buttons don't work. Nothing works. I plug my iPhone into it to get directions. It doesn't work. The thing never works. Every time I get mad, I'm like, this Mercedes is so stupid. Then the car talks to me and says, how can I help you? I'm the Mercedes. I'm like, shut up. You can help me by stopping sucking at being a car. Okay, so this is how our, our trip starts. And we've had a great trip and everything went amazing. But I guess the lesson that we wanted to share with you is about how, um, you know, everything that goes up has to first go down. And so Ashley and I were talking before we recorded about how how scary it was when I bought my first real work truck. And this is going to sound like I'm making it up. This is 100% literally the truth. Here's the deal. I had my 1993 Chevy Cavalier, and it was my work truck, which is a joke because it was a car. And I had a ladder on the roof, right? Well, I knew that I couldn't keep doing business like that. I would hide my car so I could go give estimates because people couldn't see me in that thing and take me serious. So I'd hide it and I'd walk like, you know, a half a mile to do the estimate. I, I was finally ready to upgrade to a work truck. And I had no employees. I didn't even have a business. But, you know, I had a business. But really, I didn't, knowing what I know now. And I see a truck for sale that had a commercial topper on the back of the truck, which those toppers are very expensive. They're like thousands of dollars new. And when you have like $176 in your bank account, like a $2,000 commercial topper, you know, with lockable side panels and the back is like tall and there's a ladder rack built under the topper. And I saw the Chevy S10, it was white. It had the commercial topper on it that was white. It was the perfect thing, but it was like $1,600, which is you know what? I'm not going to mock it. I'm not going to mock like, oh, that's so silly. I was so stressed out that it was $1,600. The reality is, is it was a ton of money to us and it scared me to buy it. And I went to, and I knew that it wasn't a lot of money. I knew that the truck was still a piece of crap. Okay. Don't get me wrong. I didn't think it was amazing. I knew that it sucked, but I knew that I needed this truck so I could put decals on it and look like a better business than a guy in a red Chevy Cavalier. And so I go down, I test drive it. It works really good. I had like a hundred and 70,000 miles, something like that. I don't know if I say it again on, on another podcast and say 160 or 180, don't hold it against me, but had a lot of miles on it and I bought it and it took every penny I had. And when I was driving it home, I literally prayed to Jesus. Okay. You know, we love some Jesus up in here. I prayed, you know, Lord, please don't let this truck break down before I get home. Cause it was like an hour away. I literally prayed that prayer and that's what we came from. And that, and that truck, I think, is still on the road for our company. Is. And that truck is. We sold that company five years ago, and the truck is still on the road. It has like 7 billion miles on it. It's been the most reliable truck we ever bought. But I was so scared. And so this idea of the law of advancement, that whatever has was going to go up has to first go down, it really applies to everything in your life. It, has, it applies to your ego. It applies to your confidence, it applies to your bank account, it applies to your money, uh, to your muscles, to everything. If you want your muscles to get bigger, they have to first get weaker because you break them down lifting weights. If you want your bank account to get bigger, it has to first go smaller 
because you have to invest and you have to take risk and you have to spend money and, and want to throw up and then it'll come back to you. If, if a tree is going to go up, the seed has to go down. If a bird is going to fly, the bird, as it's a baby, has to go down out of the nest and then the mother saves it and then it goes down out of the nest again and then it works and the wind catches its wings and it finally goes up and it flies. Everything is like this and you can't escape it. And then we're also talking about social media and how, you know, so much has changed in the business landscape and how, you know, making videos is more and more important than ever, even for service companies, becoming what's called an attractive character, representing your company, going live, giving do-it-yourself tips, talking about lawn care or carpet cleaning or whatever. And people are terrified to do it because they don't want to do it bad. They don't want to do it poorly. You don't want to make a bad video. You don't want to, and this applies to you're hiring your first employee, but you hesitate and wait two years because you don't want to make a bad hire. You want to invest in a work truck, but you're scared you're going to buy the wrong one. You don't want to make your first investment because you don't know about real estate and you know all these other people, it seems like they're doing, but you know, I don't know, I don't know. And this hesitation, this fear, because we're avoiding the law of advancement, the idea that it has to first go down before it goes up, the idea that you have to do something bad before you can do it good, it like elongates our journey. And for some people until they're dead, they never really did anything because they're so scared to do something bad or for something to go down before it can go up. Am I like articulating this right? What are you thinking as I say that, Ash? Well, I'm actually just thinking about a book that I'm reading. I'm reading a Dale Carnegie book about public speaking. And one of the things, there's a few things in that book that kind of remind me of this. And um, what he said is if you want to be a public speaker, go speak in public. And he just said, you just start off little and you just build from that and you level up. You don't just become a a great public speaker speaking in front of 100,000 people. You speak in front of one person and then two and then three. And and so you build up. And so you're you're always going to be getting better and you're always leveling up. But one of the kind of maybe the flip side of like the Mercedes Benz thing is you also have to be authentic to who you are. And so you always have to be leveling up, but you also have to have confidence and being authentic to your audience and to your customers and still being you. Um, Dale Carnegie said one of the best things that he does is he's fear sometimes will snatch your personality that you have. Mm -hmm. So when you're on the stage, the fear will consume your personality. But when you can let your personality shine through, that's how you define a great public speaker is when you can actually see who they are and if you can do that in your business and you don't need to have a fancy mercedes to do it or the perfect work truck you need to do it where you're at continue to keep on leveling up do it bad the first few times take risks do the hard things but also do it authentically to yourself authentically Mm -hmm. loving your family and your customers and your employees and just Keep on leveling up. That is so good. You were like had a moment right there. That was like anointed. So you've ever heard, I'm sure everybody's heard the phrase, you know, fake it till you make it. I've been thinking about like truisms. Like I always analyze things. So people just say stuff, but I'm the weirdo that's like, well, yeah, everybody says that, but is is it actually true? Like, should you actually fake it till you make it? What does that mean? What's the premise behind that? Is that ap- applicable in real life? I don't know if fake it till you make it's really true. I think you should do it until you make it. 
I think you should continue until you make it. I think you should uh, keep pressing on. I think you should climb the mountain even when there's thorn bushes. Uh, but I think a lot of us are trying to imitate instead of innovate. We're trying to be someone else. We're trying to be something that we're not. So you make that first video to promote your business and you're trying to be some superstar YouTuber and you're just not. Just be yourself. You know, it's funny. Small companies always try to appear big and then big giant international corporations always try to appear small. And so no one's happy where they are. Be what you are and own it and then level up. You know, you're going to make bad videos. Who cares? No one's watching them when you're bad anyway. <laughs> you have like seven followers and three of them are your aunts and uncles and your mom. Uh, don't worry about it. Like you have to be willing to be to look foolish to have the opportunity in the future to conquer something. You have to, you know, and that leads to another book, Ashley, you were talking about, which is Ego is Your Enemy. Um, were you going to say something else before that, though? No, I was just thinking maybe you should learn it until you earn it. <laughs> I, was just Ooh. To, I was trying to make a fun little ditty there. but I like that. That's really good. Yeah, because, I mean, you just got to, you have to put yourself out there, but you also have to be educating yourself on the back end and just being authentic. But yeah, ego, ego can get in the way really quickie, quick, quickie, quickly. <laughs> Awkward. We're in a hotel in Texas. Oh my gosh. Embarrassing. Edit that out. <laughs> um, but... Ego is a sneaky, sneaky thing. And I think it's something that will blindside you if you're not careful because you start to get a little big for your britches. But what we always say in the Latimer family is pride comes before us. And then we always, the other ones all yell, fall, because you can get humbled really quickly in business oh, if yeah. you're not careful. Oh, yeah. And even if you think you're smart, when I sold my cleaning company, I'm ashamed to admit this, but it's true. I really, I thought I was pretty awesome. Uh, I wasn't a jerk about anything, but in my own brain, I was like, I did it. I know stuff. I'm good. I understand business. I did it. So now I can do it again. I'm bulletproof. I have the golden touch, which is so stupid. And it's actually a common mistake people make. You know, you meet a lot of young people that achieve success very quickly and they'll have this. They'll have the ego. They don't mean to. It doesn't mean they're bad, like they're evil and diabolical, but you'll meet someone in their 20s who's made a lot of money or had some big success and, and they walk with a swag that as someone with more wisdom and life experience looks at them, you kind of shake your head and think, oh, buddy, <laughs> you don't understand what you don't understand, right? Mm -hmm. So I started the software company. What happened? I got punched in the mouth. We lost so much money. I, I worked 80 hours a week, 65 hours, whatever it is. 80 you know? hours a week was a light week. Yeah, was it, it was week. nonstop working for about six years without taking $1. We spent a million dollars on our software. The business model was was failing. I told my wife tonight because we had a, a board meeting and uh, the company's doing great right now. And there's some really, really cool things happening. And I was laughing, listening to some messages from some of our board members thinking, I told my wife, I said, are you hearing this? The language they're using? Like, we're talking about cap tables and warrants and investment and all this stuff, like fancy business terms. I'm like, this is hilarious to me that we're talking about business terms. I said, this software company was a flaming turd that I was riding like a horse, like a meteor shooting from the sky about to impact the earth. Like, it was so messed up because of me, not because of a lack of effort, but because of ignorance, ego, mistakes, you know, honest mistakes. And lack by of the, confidence. That, yeah, that's another thing, that's too. True. Like That's the other side of the coin of ego is I also have met a lot of business owners who lack confidence. But they have an ego still. Some of them still Ooh. have an ego. Yes, Ooh. they do. They have an ego, and they won't ask for help or advice or yes. this or that. It's 
it's such an interesting dynamic. Oh my gosh, this is an 18-hour podcast. But one of the, my pet peeves, actually, when I meet people is certain people will never ask me a question. What will happen is I'll meet people, and, and if they know me or follow me, and, and I'll, I'll get an interaction with them for 10 minutes or whatever, and the whole time they'll talk about themselves, and they'll, they'll basically try to peacock and position themselves so that I believe by the end of the conversation they're really great. And what a horrible mistake that is. And I shake my head at it. I always tell my wife, I'm like, that person didn't ask me one question. And that's fascinating to me. And for me, when I meet people that are ahead of me, people I look up to, people that I aspire to be like, not necessarily in every area of their life, but if they have a nugget in a certain vertical or a certain knowledge bank that I want access to, I don't need to talk about myself at all. I want to learn that thing. I want to learn that next little shortcut, the tip, the trick, the tactic, the framework, the system, the strategy, the whatever. I, I, I am an avid, robust question asker when I'm around people. And I've learned that because of being humbled 7,000 times. And so when I'm in the room with people and the egos are flowing, I, I sit back. I don't look down on the people that have the ego. I just feel bad for them because they don't understand what's coming. The best thing any of us can do is humble ourselves, and to take action with humility. And, and by the way, you can have confidence and still be humble. And you can also have an ego and still have insecurity. So this this makes me actually think of something. Um, so you all probably know that we're in Russell Brunson's inner circle and stuff. And we went to this event called, um, what was that called? Unlock the Secrets. And we got to take our two boys. It was like a kid event where you could take your like preteens and stuff. And so we took our kids. And there was a time where there would be a microphone passed around the room. And this one guy stood up and he talked about how awesome he was. It was a time for him to be able to ask Russell questions. <laughs> and he just talked about how freaking awesome he was and how Russell needs to work with him. And just, it was like so embarrassing where you're just like, it was so cringy where you're like, just stop. You're like digging yourself a hole. Russell's never going to want to work with you ever. Like, they might be scared for Russell's life. Like he was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to move in your neighborhood. It was like creepy stalker level weird. And he was talking about how awesome he was and basically how Russell should know him. And then the next, about the next question or so, there's this little teeny hand that pops up. And I think the girl's 10 years old. She has a podcast and she starts asking Russell questions and she is writing down the answers and she is just... You know, come to find out, um, she ends up having Russell on her podcast. She's also interviewed Kobe Bryant and all these things. Like, she was a big dog who was like 10 years old, but she already had a great mindset where she was trying to get the gold nuggets. And she was in there just taking notes. And she never bragged one time about what she had done because what she had done had spoke for itself. And she wasn't there to be trying to elevate herself and be an influencer she was there to get information and to help herself mic drop mic freaking oh i remember that little cute little girl she was precious yeah but she was also a killer <laughs> she, she was, was a, a hungry millions driven of followers she has just millions of followers yeah um man i don't know really what the singular point of this is other than my wife and i are very excited for the things that we're about to do. And you know what? We've outgrown the feeling bad because we're successful phase. And that was one of the, the hurdles we've had the last few years. Um, 
you know, we made a lot of money. We've done a lot of cool things. In the grand scheme, compared to, you know, billionaires and stuff, we're a nothing, nobody spec. But to the average person, we've lived an incredible life. We've traveled the world. I, I know people. I can't believe that I know them. I can't believe I can call them friend. The business partners I have, even like Brandon Vaughn and these people that are just unbelievable assets to my life and confidants and they, they're high achievers and they, they're just producers. They produce, they create value. They think multidimensionally and they're so smart. You know, I think I'm the dumbest person in the entire board of Send Jim. And the fact that that's even a thing on the one hand is very humbling and I can't believe it. On the other hand, it's hilarious. It's hilarious that the trailer park, Ashley and Josh even have people like this in her life. It's so crazy. Um, I think for this podcast, it should give you hope. It should give you so much hope that just little old us can do cool stuff because we took risk. We leveled up when we could. We had we got humbled quite a few times. We've battled the ego. We've done all the things, but we've also tried to be authentic. Um, and we really want to help people. And that's really the driving force is we know that we can help people and we're not going to stop helping people. No. Nope. And we're expanding the vision. And we don't need to impress people with Mercedes. Maybe that's another thing we learned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the moral of the story is every time you reach a new level, two things happen. You accomplish something and you should celebrate it. Simultaneous to that happening, you're also at the bottom of the next level. And that goes on in perpetuity forever. So no matter what cool thing you've done, you've had your first $100,000 month. You've had your first $100,000 day. I've had several $100,000 days. That's pretty cool. Um, But you realize there's tons of people that have had $100,000 minutes and $10 million days. And it's just, it's endless, right? So as you celebrate your accomplishment, you also simultaneously realize, wow, I know nothing compared to them, them being the people ahead of you which never ends, never goes away. So how do you find contentment and peace and joy? Well, you know, you got to know your purpose and you got to have fun and, and you guys will figure that out as you go. But for me, I fell into the trap again on this trip by renting a Mercedes, trying to fake it till I make it. When in reality, I know exactly how to help the person I'm going to help. I know exactly what to do. The strategy's sound. We're going to generate a ginormous sum of money, create a lot of value and help a lot of people. And it's no big deal, but my own insecurities, my own uh, things caused me to rent a Mercedes, which I hate, by the way. <laughs> and I will never, ever buy a Mercedes unless, you know, I, sh- somehow someone convinces me otherwise. It's the biggest piece of crap waste of money I've ever seen in my life. My Ford F-150 is far superior in literally every measurable category (laughs) other than the emblem on the front. A Ford's pretty generic. A Mercedes is more rare. That's not even close to enough for me to switch to a Mercedes. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) I still fell into that silliness, you know, but we're still here. It's only been like two days and I still are. I already identified it and have corrected it. So (laughs) any closing thoughts, Ash? Um... You know, every time you level up, because you're going to level up. And if you're not leveling up, I encourage you to level up, to learn more, to to do the scary hard things. Because, yes, you might want to throw up when you do them. You know, you might want to get that bigger commercial job or get another truck or hire another employee or, you know, 
have your wife work in the business or have her not work in the or business. Or get that shop. Or get the shop or whatever That's it might. It's terrifying when you get your first shop. Terrifying. Or, yeah. And exciting. And you might want to throw up while you do it. But then you're going to level up and you'll be at a new stage. And it, it, it takes a minute. but it will be at the bottom of the new stage. Yep, you'll be at the bottom of the new stage. But pretty soon you'll be a bigger dog and then you're going to be taking bigger steps. It's just like a, a, a baby growing from a toddler to a yeah. school-age kid to a teenager. It's hard in every stage of life. And and also just take your family around for the ride. I, I'm a big entrepreneur family. And would I have thought that our, our family would have done all the cool things that we've done no um so that's why we took the risk and it's really paid off because entrepreneur families are some of the coolest people on the planet oh yeah baby well i hope you've enjoyed our weird discourse here and uh you know the bottom line is we really really truly care about you i'm going to tell you a story ashley doesn't know i'm going to say it but the very first time we had a live event when i started automate grow sell now i've since sold automate grow sell to brandon we're still partners i have a minority stake but he's the big dog running the show he's making the business beautiful and amazing he's done more with it than i ever would have or could have done it's an amazing community the conquer program everything's awesome but before that happened we did our first live event it was called the automate grow sell experience and we were so ex- well, we were nervous and wanted to throw up, <laughs> but we were very excited. And I remember um, one day I walked upstairs to go in our bedroom and I looked in, I peeked in the door, and my wife was laying on the ground on her face. She was praying for every single name on the attendee list, praying, crying praying that God would bless them, that he would prepare them, that he would give them favor, that he would, you know, open their eyes, that he'd create opportunity, that they would be open, that they would receive, you know, the information they needed, that they could change their family tree, that they could impact their community, that they could finally get unstuck, that they could finally, even though they're terrified to spend $3,000 just to come to an event, which might be every dollar some of them had, that they would get something that would change their life out of it and had nothing to do with money. But like, like that's, that's our heart. And money matters, and I'm a capitalist, and Mike Dalkey calls dollars, he calls them certificates of good deeds. And every dollar you make is evidence of the good that you've done in the world. I'm not talking about evil, Illuminati, globalist, billion trillionaires pulling the puppet strings of the world. I'm talking about 99.9% of small business owners. They're trying to do a great job. They're trying to save people time, save people money. They're trying to innovate, create products, inventions, and services to help people. And every dollar in profit that they make is evidence of their efforts to do that. And it's been a hard road for us to kind of come to that conclusion. And uh, we want you to have that epiphany too. Don't you dare feel bad for succeeding. Don't feel bad for buying a Mercedes. You should feel bad if you rent a Mercedes to go to a big business deal and you hate Mercedes and it's totally fake. Yes, you should feel bad for that. But if you have the money and you want one, go buy yourself a bad boy Mercedes. Do what you got to do and don't ever feel shame for adding value to the world because that's what capitalism is. That's what that's what business is. And we love you. Our hearts are with you. We got crazy things happening. Can't wait to share the cool, crazy stuff that we're doing, that Brandon's doing amazing revolutionary industry changing things are coming and we're going to help you level up and we appreciate you yes we do we do take care god bless if you're ready to go even deeper go to facebook and search for the growth vault it's a free community with thousands of other business owners just like you i'll see you next time on the growth vault